Long-term ceramic coating maintenance. Hi, I'm Ivan. I'm Nick. And this is DIY Detail. Today, we're going to delve into, I put a coating on my car, but that was a year ago, or two years ago, or three years ago. What do I do now? How do I maintain it? That's what we're going to be talking about. Ivan, we get these questions, and uh, part of the podcast, you know, the genesis of this is like people saying, can I polish my ceramic coated car? Or I have just a scratch on the door, or it stopped beating. What do I do? So it's not like... It's a week later. A week later, your ceramic coating is going to look amazing no matter what. It's going to bleed. Yeah. You're going to be so amazed. But we're talking about real life, right? You know, yeah. Dozens and dozens of weeks later, hundreds of days later, what's going on in the paint and what can we help people with, Ivan? Uh, who They had the investment, whether they did it or they had a pro do it. They got the ceramic coating on the paint. Now they're having some issues. Is all lost. Nothing is lost uh, unless you're really, really abusing your vehicle. But there's a couple things to note first. How you wash your vehicle makes a huge, huge difference on the longevity of your ceramic coating. And one of the things that I see people doing that to me is a, a bit of an error. So going through a drive through car wash, not the best for your coating, uh, but it can survive that. And so that's one thing. But a lot of people, because of the, you know, great beating and sheeting that ceramic coatings give us, they dry the car with a leaf blower. And there's nothing wrong with that. But over time, when you're drying with a leaf blower, you're actually taking something away from the performance of your coating. Because what you're doing is the towel, if you're using a good quality microfiber drying towel, you're absorbing all that water on the surface and you're getting it all off. Whereas when you're using a leaf blower, you're actually leaving some of the water on the surface. You're evaporating the moisture, but the minerals that could be in the water, those are staying on the surface. Now, it looks great because you used a leaf blower. You didn't leave any beads anywhere, but you're leaving some of those minerals in the on the surface. Now, if you have DI water, it's another story. But a lot of us don't have DI water to play with. So basically, if you're not using a towel to dry your ceramic coating, it is going to seem like it's failed sooner. It's not going to fail. It hasn't failed. But one of the big downfalls of any vehicle, where there's snow on the road, there's also salt on the road. And that salt accumulates on the vehicle. And we don't see it. We can wash our vehicle and it looks fine. But the beating slowly goes away. Or if you're in a coastal area, if you're one of these lucky people that live on the coast of California or in Florida or something like that, uh, or the you know the Golden Coast, then you have salt air that accumulates on your vehicle. The dew in the morning is just full of salt. And so those people, the tops of the vehicles lose the beating before the sides. So depending on where you are in the country, there's always something trying to attack your coating. Yeah, I and- know that if you have salt on the roads because it snows a lot yeah that salt kicks up and it gets into the pores of your ceramic coated paint and so on the side right. i remember like the doors a lot you know, yeah i remember i live in utah i know what happened yeah uh yeah they just stop beating up and you're like what happened to my coating it's, it's real flat you're not seeing a lot of it and then you just do a nice wash i like to do a decon i don't even yeah. know if a decon with a decontamination towel and the iron remover even does anything but i always feel like it's good preparation but then i'll do the water spot remover yeah which is more of a mineral deposit remover and and that right. i don't know does it get rid of the salt does it neutralize it i don't know but after that the water beads up like it's a brand new coating 
Exactly. Because exactly the, the water spot remover, or as you said, a mineral remover, basically we're removing the minerals and whether that minerals are caused by the salt on the roads, salt in the air, or just not drying your car completely with a towel, then they start accumulating. We don't see them. There's, they're not these thick, you know, there aren't chunks of salt on the car, but that hides or fills the pores of the coating. And then we need to get rid of that. So that is the first maintenance item when you're talking about a coating is simply to make sure that you're actually dealing with the coating and those minerals, water spots, and, you know, contamination in general hides the coating. So we need to bring the coating back to the surface. The best way of doing that, as you described, is to do a decontamination. And so with the decontamination towel, with the iron remover, that's the first stage. And then the water spot remover, the next stage, then you can actually see what your coating is doing. You're not, it's not hidden by anything. And if you've properly prepared the vehicle, you know, whether yeah. it's a polish or panel prep before coating, hopefully that was done, right? So if yeah. if the coating wasn't properly prepped, if the, if the paint wasn't properly prepped before the coating, yeah, then you could have some issues. Is my coating actually failing? Did it get applied properly, right? Right. You don't even know any of that until you remove the minerals and you do the decontamination step. Yeah. But usually if it was applied the right way, you're going to exactly. get coating behavior. Let's say someone didn't do all the right steps early, Ivan. Like how long is this coating going to last? Is there a scientific way of, of showing that? Because sometimes I feel like... Absolutely no way. I, sometimes I feel like it still lasts even if the prep is trash. Like I, yeah, to me, it's a uh, crapshoot. Yeah. So fortunately and unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, even if the prep is bad, a good coating will survive. Yeah. Uh, and the reason for that, and by bad prep, we're not, your car can be completely scratched. It can look like you just took sandpaper to it. You put a coating on it, the coating will still perform. The coating performance and prep has nothing to do with how perfect your paint is. In reality, it has to do with how clean your paint is. And that's what we're going to be discussing because scratches, things like that, your coating really doesn't care cleanliness your coating really really cares and one of the things that pro detailers have had problems with over the years is they have their favorite compound and polish well their favorite compound or polish may leave substances solvents primarily on the paint that even with the panel prep it doesn't remove those solvents so now the coating is adhering to the solvents and not adhering to the paint that becomes an issue because the the way a coating works, it's a mechanical bond as well as a coalescent bond, so as well as a, a chemical bond. But the mechanical bond, if we look at paint through a micron microscope, like the you know the ultra powerful microscope, it actually looks like a sponge. It is not a solid surface like we see it. It's actually a sponge. So if you have solvent filling the pores of that coating or the paint, sorry, or clear coat. We're not dealing with paint. We're dealing with clear coat. But anyways, paint is easier to say. Uh, if you have the solvent filling the pores of that clear coat, the coating can't go in there. And one thing that some people, you will notice if you've been applying coatings for a while and you've tried different polishes, there's sometimes you've polished the vehicle, you've done the panel prep, it's looking good, you apply the coating, and then it gets this sort of a hazy film on it as you're applying the coating or as it's curing. And that hazy film is actually the coating doing its best to draw those solvents out of the, the paint or out of the clear coat 
and it deposits them back on top of the coating. And that's where you get that haze. So if you're a professional detailer that's ever had to deal with that haze, that's what caused it. And how do you avoid that? How do you avoid that? Use a polish that is known to not leave anything on the surface. I'm, of course, going to say the gold standard polish because that's how we designed it. We knew that, you know, part of the mission of DIY detail is to bring coatings to everyone. And to do so, we needed a polish that was, uh, for lack of a better term, and I don't want to insult anyone, idiot proof. So even if someone... something that's idiot proof and I know how to do this stuff. Exactly. So, but, but basically, if someone is in a rush or they ran out of panel prep or they just forgot and they just polish with the gold standard polish, wipe it off and coat on top, they're not going to have any problems. The panel prep is definitely a, an important step, but in our case, it's not 100% necessary. Now, it's good insurance. Uh, it makes sure that you're, you know, it's giving you another chance to get any of the polish residue off, etc. But in reality, if you're using the gold standard polish, the panel prep is somewhat optional. Now, if you're using other brands of polishes and coatings, they can leave solvents in there and those solvents will, you know, make the coating A, more difficult to install, B, you're going to get that haziness possibly, and C, it it may eventually alter the durability of your coating. This just came up in my head. I don't know if it's too random, but why don't they just install ceramic coatings like on the paint in the factory, right? I'm sure everyone's thought about this. I'm like... yeah. How how do we fill this gap, you know, meeting the demand of, of, of thousands of, of uh, DIYers, enthusiasts out there who would probably have gladly paid for this, you know, at the beginning, but it, it's yeah. not provided until the aftermarket. Right. Why can't they just ceramic, provide paint that has ceramic coating protection on it already? Like I buy a nonstick pan. Yeah. Right? Like it already has that coating on there. Why? I'm not I'm not hiring someone to coat my pan. Yeah, they can. The cost is too high and the liability is too high for the manufacturer and for the dealership. They would really, really be distraught, to put it kindly, with the manufacturer if the manufacturer had coated paint. Because one of the things, if you ever bought a new car, you get, you know, once you're done with the salesperson, you go to the office, the F&I office, finance and insurance. And that's where they load you up with all sorts of fun things. The extended warranty, the paint protection, the fabric protection, the uh, you know maintenance program, whatever. And that is a high profit portion of the dealership. So if the manufacturer were to take away from the dealership the chance of selling these auxiliary products, the dealerships would not be happy. So there's a you know there's a the liability issue, but primarily it's a financial issue. So if they, if they did it in the factory, could they just spray it on like with robots or how how would they do it if they ceramic coated? Cuz they probably, always had self-healing yeah, paint and this and that, don't you know. It's been tried. Uh but yeah, it primarily would more than likely be sprayed on, which means a completely different type of coating than what we're using. Uh, in the aftermarket. And the paint that we get in the aftermarket is very different from what the factories use. The factory paint is the best paint your vehicle will ever have. It may not be the best looking, but it's the best quality paint your vehicle will ever have and the most durable. But we've coated the car, you've driven it for years, and now you've decontaminated it and it's still, it's okay. You, just, you know that you have coating there, but it's not quite 
the performance or not quite the gloss you first fell in love with. What do we do next? Well, I appreciate everyone entertaining my little aside there. But yeah, what yeah. do we do next, right? We do the decon. We do the water spot remover, right? We do that kind of ceramic coating maintenance wash. And we've yeah. done videos about that. So I'll put a link in, in the in the description below. Now comes the trickier one, right? Where people say, can I polish my ceramic coated car? Right. Can I spot treat, right? Like try to remove a scratch on a panel? Yeah, you can. And... One of the things that you be you need to know in a case of I need to remove a scratch. So let's break it into two parts. I have a scratch on my car. Doesn't matter whether you coated it last month or five years ago. You have a scratch. You want to polish that scratch. You're going to compound the scratch. Do the five 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 method. Get rid of the scratch. Then you're going to polish that whole panel, not just a spot. So we need to do the whole panel, and then you're going to recoat that whole panel. Uh, trying to spot coat, it's going to show up. It's not going to blend in. It's not like paint where we can blend it using the gun. Uh, it's just not a not an easy thing to do. Now, if your coating was done last week, you did the coating and you can just treat where that spot is, you might be able to get away with it. But normally, I would polish the whole panel and just a light polish. You don't need, and this is a, a myth that a lot of people have, that to coat a vehicle, you need to remove the previous coating. You actually don't need to remove the previous coating. You need to abrade the previous coating. So the abrasion provided by the gold standard polish is enough to make it so that the new coating can stick to an old coating and even different brands of coating. So a lot of coating manufacturers will have you believe that you need to wet sand it and compound and polish to get all that coating off before you can put another one on. Uh, I've been recoding cars for 20 years or 18 years, probably, because uh, the first couple of years, you know, I wasn't recoding, but got to the point of recoding cars. A light polish is all you need. I wonder about this, too. Is like, let's say you just wash, decon, I don't know, water spot remover. Let's be redundant for yeah. a deep dive, a thorough right. prep wash. You don't polish and you just slap another layer of coating on. It, it'll still work, right? It'll still work. That won't bond as well because you need that abrasion. And we, we see compound or polish like the gold standard as refining the paint and it's looking great. But again, if we get out that big microscope, you know, bring the car into the lab and put it under the microscope, we'll see that our polish is actually scratching the paint. So if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever dealt with a body shop, Nick, but paint that's out of the, out of the paint booth that hasn't been compounded, hasn't been polished, hasn't had anything done to it, is the most hydrophobic paint you will ever see, simply because it is a smooth surface. It beads up like crazy, huh? Yeah, it's amazing. But most body shops, they'll have dust nibs, they'll have you know all sorts of things they need to sand out. From the factory, they'll have dust nibs that they sand out. Uh, recently coated a, a brand new Challenger, uh, the uh, Demon 170 edition. And it had four or five spots on it where you could see where they sanded and polished it. It had holograms. It had, uh, you know, different spots that you could see had been sanded and polished. And that was a brand new car coming out of the factory. We needed to correct that or we needed to make it a little better. Most people would have never seen them. But for, you know, for myself, it was like, oh, what'd they do? Yeah. So, yeah. But anyways, the other part of the question is you've enjoyed your coding. Hmm. but you're a hobbyist and you love playing with different coatings. Right. 
how do I fun apply stuff, right? Yeah, you exactly. Wanna, yeah. Yeah. Like two years ago, I put some other brand of coating on and now I'm really intrigued with the stack and I want to do the DIY stack on my car because it's so great and it is great. But anyways, uh, how do I go about doing that? I saw well, someone again, comment on your page about, uh, or on our DIY page who I yeah. think has seen your Veloster in person, which has the stack, which is yeah. the eight-year coating, and then within that two to eight-hour range after application, then you put yeah. the three-year on, which doesn't just exactly. include two different coatings. It actually is a chemical reaction, so they create a different... Anyway, yeah. you've explained the stack many times, but someone said that your Veloster in person, it like the, the pictures we put online didn't do it justice because you have no. the stack on there. It it seems to glow. It's that, you know, that bright. Um, but nonetheless... Yeah, and yes, it does. The pictures don't do it justice, and everyone who's seen it has the same reaction. It's like, oh my god, this thing! Yeah, really so shines. people might, yeah, right. So people might want to try the stack. They've heard about yeah. it. You know, we've done a lot of videos on it. They already have right. the coding. It's been a couple of years, but like, can they do it? Right, that's their question. Yeah. So again, same deal. Wash it, decontaminate it. Make sure you've got all the you know the iron and the minerals off of there. Then. Just a light polish with the gold standard will abrade any coating enough that you can recoat. Okay, and then people are going to say, "Well, there's still coating left over." Yes. And you, you're what they're going to be experiencing in terms of the gloss and the slickness and the beading. That's all going to be on top, right? Is that what they're getting? Yeah. So basically, you can uh, you know layer different coatings over the years. Uh, I have a friend that just loves trying different coatings. Hmm. And for him, every six months, he's polishing his car and he's applying a different brand of coating just because he enjoys the process. He enjoys that. And he, he can say to people, I've tried this coating. I've tried this coating. I've tried that coating. And for him, it's just fun. So he'll repolish the car, just a quick light polish. He, you know, it takes him maybe an hour and a half. Uh, and then he's ready to coat again. So it can be done. And another thing that uh, a lot of people are concerned about is how do I remove the coating if I need to have body work done? And honestly, don't your body shop doesn't even need to know there's a coating on the car. If they're doing their prep process for painting properly, the coating is long gone because they're yeah. starting by sanding the paint. And by sanding the paint, you can go over it. And you can actually paint over a coating. Paint will stick to a coating uh, with proper prep. And proper prep is abrasion. They abrade, you know, if I own body shops. So basically you'll, you'll sand with a, a minimum of 600 grit, sometimes 400, depending on the paint, your paint manufacturer you're working with. So you're going to be sanding that panel anyways. There may be coating left deep in the pores, but there's enough adhesion caused by the sanding that the new paint will adhere properly and, you're, you know, the, the body shop will never even know you had a coating. Speaking of the body shop, because we get people asking yeah. this and I want you to get on the record on it. Yeah. People ask, are your products body shop safe? Yes. First of all, for the enthusiasts out there who may not even know what that question is, what is that question referring to? And then why are our products body shop safe? Because some products are not, right? Because right. body shops are painting and they have to have it very... You know, they, they don't want things floating through the air or messing with their paint as it cures, right? So, what does body shop safe even mean and why are ours body shop safe? So, the first thing, why we have we even have that term. If you use a free silicone, 
So uh, by free, I don't mean cheap. I mean, you know, it's floating in the air. Uh, if you have a body shop that you're really uh, angry with and you, you know, want to be mischievous, just take a bit of uh, hair gel in a spray or a hairspray hairspray and spray it in the body shop. Yeah. And or hair gel is even worse, but spray it in a body shop. And for weeks, they will have fish eyes in their paint that they're going to have to deal with. That's what body shops are concerned about. So uh, I had an employee. So in one of my shops, it was a combination body shop and detailing shop. Hired a new employee. The hair gel that that employee was wearing and the hair, you know, the hair gel employee was in the detailing side of the, the building. Yeah. The body shop was on the other side of the building. There's a wall separating them. The day that person started working for us, we started getting fish eyes on the the other side. That's just the airflow from the heating system and all that. And the only thing that changed in our body shop or in the whole shop was we had a new employee with hair gel. So I asked that employee to please discontinue the use of hair gel, uh, which he did, thankfully. And it took three or four days for the fish eyes to go away. So that's what we mean by body shop safe. And an example are People may not tire know what fish eyes are. Is, What's a fish eye? Okay, so fish eyes are actually a little area where the paint does not adhere. And it looks like a little divot in the paint. Almost looks like a stone chip. But it's all painted. But there's this crater because the paint can't flow over top of that area. So it just goes down to that little drop of silicone and or silicone is the, the main culprit, but there's other things, but we'll, we'll keep it with silicone. Yep. So our tire lotion is technically body shop safe, which means that if I put it on the applicator, I apply it to the tire. It's not going to cause any problems, but Take the sprayer and just spray it willy-nilly in the air or spray it on the car you're going to be painting. Yes, you're going to have problems. So Body Shop Safe is as much a product concern as it is a process concern for the body shop. Uh, but yes, the only product that we have that could be termed marginal for Body Shop Safety is the tire lotion. And if used the right way, it's totally fine. Yeah. You know, as long as you're not using it in the paint booth, <laughs> you're going to be fine. Uh, but there are body shops that, you know, they're, they use what are called prep booths, which are basically just a curtain around where the guy's working. Uh, so they do the sanding, they do everything there. They pull a curtain. It has an exhaust fan and they do the generally the primer step there. So they'll do the primer in the prep booth, sand it, and then take it into the, the proper booth. But if they had contamination in that first prep booth, then that carries through the whole process afterwards. It's very difficult to get rid of the, the fish eyes. And amazingly, there is a product called fish eye reducer that you can put in paint. So if you know you're currently having a problem with fish eyes in your body shop, you can buy fish eye reducer, add it to the clear coat, add it to the paint. And all it is, is silicone. So basically, you're combating the silicone with the silicone. Basically, the fish eye reducer is causing so many fish eyes, microscopic fish eyes in the paint, that you don't see them anymore. Well, I think we went a little deep down that rabbit hole, but I think yeah. it's interesting. And if you're listening to this podcast, you probably care about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think exactly. The reality is it's kind of cool to think I could do a coating. 
I could let it last the amount of time they say it's going to last and just maintain it, yep. enjoy it. Or in four years, if I'm feeling saucy, maybe I'll try new coating, right? And, and yeah. those options exist for me. And I just want to make sure the paint gets abraded first and exactly. then I'm good to go. And, you know, one question we, we get a lot on our Facebook group, and we'll put a link to the Facebook group below. If you like asking detailing questions and seeing great pictures from people and stuff, it's a fun group to be in. There's no bullies. Uh, we eliminate the bullies really quickly. Uh, that being said, one question we get a lot is how long does the coating last in the bottle? And it's roughly a year. Now, properly stored, well-maintained, et cetera, et cetera, you could get a couple years out of it. So one question we get asked is, okay, the coating lasts a year. I only have one car. I don't intend to do this on anybody else's car. And your bottle is good for two cars. Can I recoat my car in a year? The question, the answer is yes. Give it a good decontamination, a good polish, and then, or not a good polish. I mean, you just a light polish to abrade it. And then, yeah, put the leftover of that coating on your paint and you're good to go. And when you're applying the coating the first time, if you want to use it all in one shot, we've been asked, can I put two layers on? And the answer is yes. Wait at least two hours before putting a second layer on. And if you're not sure of the quantity you have left in the bottle, let's say you did an F-350 four-door pickup truck. You may not have enough to do another F-350 four-door pickup truck in the bottle. You probably won't. But you'll have enough to recoat the front bumper, recoat the grill, recoat the hood, front fenders, and the front of the mirrors. So those areas that get the most abrasion, that get the most wear, those are the ones that you want to concentrate on and do a little extra on. Right. Like if it's going to get a lot of bug guts hitting my front yeah. bumper, like I'd like to double coat that for sure. Yeah. Ivan, I feel like we've done a pretty good job giving folks who have ceramic coatings reason to hope and lots of exciting adventures ahead. Exactly. And, you know, if you have questions, comments, thoughts, or ideas, leave them below. We answer all comments and questions. It's part of what we do. We enjoy doing it. And it's what gets us subjects for other podcasts as well. So if you have ideas, if you have thoughts, please leave them below. This is exactly where this came from, is people asking comments and questions about exactly what to do. Um, there is some curiosity, I'll bet, with the stack, Ivan. And if they're curious about the stack, where's the video on that? Somewhere up there. Right here. <laughs> cool. See you in the next one. Uh -huh.